All right, welcome back, everyone. Green Teamers Pod, um, another edition today. Talking some recap of the the recent road trip. I think it went pretty well, in my opinion. We'll we'll take a deeper dive into that in a minute, and then we're gonna follow that up with some Jalen Brown talk. Talk about his recent comments. Not ideal timing with all of that, so it'll be pretty interesting to see to see where that goes. Uh, and once again, we have very very special guest again. Brian Rooney making his return after a lot Good of to be here. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of fans asked us to bring him back. So all right. It was an easy decision. I hope I don't let him down. No, you definitely won't. We'll be good. So all right, guys. We're gonna start off with the road trip. Finished four and two. Lost both games by a total of three points. A one point loss to the Rockets, two point loss to the Jazz, or is it the other way around? Yeah, um other way around. Other way around, yeah. So honestly, before the road trip, everyone was saying three and three would have been not ideal. Four and two late in the season, West Coast road trip is considered a good outcome. And I think based off both of those losses, it's very fair, easy to say we could have gone six and zero. Oh. Kind of disappointing we didn't, given how tight the top of the East is right now. But given all that, in my opinion, I would say. It was actually not as bad, I think, as a lot of people are making it out to be. I think we beat all the good teams. It's frustrating that we lost to the two probably worst teams on the trip. Um, But I think our wins were really good wins. Like, we played well, especially that last Kings game. Really, really good sign. Good momentum going into the final stretch here. But the the two losses were definitely kind of the same bad things we've seen throughout the season and our lack of energy, lack of focus, lack of execution at the end of games, poor game management, some would say. Um, So, yeah, what do you guys think? What were your feelings about the road trip as a whole? What stood out to you in our losses? Uh, Brian, you can kick us off with this. Sure. I think you you hit it on the nail. I think that uh, going out there, six-game road trip, you know, anything four or two, four and two and better is, is, is pretty good. Um, <clears throat> it was a little bit of a roller coaster though. Right. I mean, you know, yep. started off feeling pretty good about the Hawks. Then we're down in the dumps talking about, uh, you know, how the heck do you lose to Houston? And then you start to feel a little bit better with two solid wins against Minnesota, Portland. And then the way the jazz game was lost was, was probably what hurt so bad. Um, but again, Kings are one of the top teams. They play really good offense. I thought we played one of our better defensive games in a long time. Um, and obviously the offense was just was was flowing. That game was good to kind of have everyone back in the mix, right? I think there was some we were we were down throughout the road trip, different guys, different games. Um, so yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty happy too. It got a little dicey as you watched uh Philadelphia uh making their um making their run uh you know and catching us up to us in the standings um but overall i'm pretty happy yeah um similar similar thoughts obviously if you look at it from like the sort of top top line view great road trip but going game by game definitely some games we wish we could have had back the houston game in particular was pretty bad i'm not sure how you can lose to houston in that spot when houston is trying to lose essentially um 
but but yeah, I, I guess overall I'd say I'm happy with it, especially with how they finished it against Sacramento. Now they got momentum coming back for this final stretch run. So I think finishing strong with the the big win against Sacramento is is sort of obviously the highlight of the road trip and it has me it probably has the team feeling good now i'd much rather kind of finish it on a high as opposed to start it on a high and finish down low so good with it good with it keep chugging two two things that stood out to me um kind of in the two losses that we had was it was really just jason came down jason tatum in both those games if you look at the other games that we won, Atlanta Tatum had 34 against Minnesota. Um, I believe he also played really well. Uh, I don't have the exact number of his points, but against then against, I believe it was Portland, he had 34 again. Utah, we lost, did not play well. Sacramento, we won, he had 36. So it's it's just like, feels like you said, Brian, like a roller coaster this trip was, and I feel like it was specifically – as of late, he, it's been a roller coaster with Jason Tatum specifically, which there's nights where he's so dominant. He can score from anywhere on the floor. He can score against anyone just at will. And then there are nights where he just comes out so flat, looks like he has no legs, can't make a shot for his life. It's just like it's so night and day sometimes. And and usually with your superstars, you want some sort of consistency. And when you average out these really highs, really high highs and really low lows, the average is like is good. It's great. You see it in his numbers, it's 38 and it's something. Like he's got he puts up great numbers on average, but it's just because the 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 variation between games is what's extremely concerning. And it's reflected in the the outcomes of our games too. And I and it if this was happening in January or December, even February, I wouldn't be as worried. But we're getting real close to the playoffs on on in in that playoffs. You cannot have off nights. You cannot have a fantastic game one, an awful game two, fantastic three, awful game four. Like you can't be doing that in the playoffs. The Heat series, he was kind of like that. Yeah, in the Heat year, series, I and then remember the finals. Warriors we all was know. good, but Heat, I felt like total up and down. Exactly. So, like, are you at all worried about this going to the playoffs? Personally, I'm not worried about the first round at all. But we've been talking lately, and the second round is where we're a little worried about how the Celtics are going to fare. So I think past the first round, if he doesn't flip the switch here in the last like two and a half weeks before the season ends, I got to say I am a little bit concerned about what he's going to give us in the playoffs on a nightly basis. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think you, I think you're right. I think uh, you kind of caught it there with like the the tougher games he had. The team really struggles. I think it's one of the reasons why I think Philly and Milwaukee are doing so well now. Their alphas are alphas. They're like game Clicking. in, game out. You know Embiid's coming. He's going to kick the crap out of you. You know Giannis is coming. He's going to kick the crap. Right. And it permeates throughout the whole team. It's a, it's a mentality. And when Tatum's in his kind of aloof, kind of not super aggressive mode, I think it impacts the whole team. Um the one area that's been a real challenge is three-point shooting has really, really struggled. Uh, you know, just kind of looking over the the last three games, I mean, he was under 40% in all three. Um, some he was pretty, pretty rough. So um, 
he takes so many um, that that's a piece that that absolutely concerns me. Yeah, exactly. Too many. Exactly. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think he's a I think he's a, I think he's tired. Uh, again, yeah. I, I go back and say this, you know, you see it with Golden State, you see it with us. It's a grind takes a toll on you. We, we turn it up. He turns it up when the lights are on, when the big team's there. He turns it off when you're playing Utah, when you're playing Houston. Oh. Um, he's not quite the same player. So am I worried he can flip the switch? No, I'm not worried. I think he can. I absolutely think he can. Um, you know, I, I, the, his next step, though, is to become that alpha game in, game out, like like uh, Giannis and like uh, Embiid. Totally. Matt? Yeah, those are great points. Just how kind of how Giannis and Embiid play, like, even if their shot's not falling there, it's going to attack the hoop at will and just like, brew, I don't know, just <laughs> use all their strength and size. And Tatum doesn't totally have that gear. And to be fair, Giannis and Embiid are like absolute physical freaks. So it, they have that going for them. But, but still, definitely. Um, something kind of interesting to me is that I feel like the past few seasons, Tatum usually starts out the season pretty mediocre, but then yeah. I feel like he has insane peaks in like February and March. I feel like he's in in the past, he's been at the top of his game in these two months. And I just think it's interesting as to why he isn't this year. Like, I feel like it flipped. I feel like he had a great start to the year. He was like in MVP talks. He could be the guy to win it. And now I feel like he's totally fallen out of that. And it's just been, inconsistent like does he does he have to carry the celtics too much now like what is he playing too much like what's i guess why why is he struggling now yeah i mean i i I go back to fatigue i think it's fatigue i think it's just hard to fire it up game in game out um he does they're deeper than they've been yeah exactly he does not need to carry the team at all um you know if he just was a creator for others. I mean, they have plenty of scoring out there. So I, I just, I'm, I'm going to stick with the, the fatigue, but I'm hoping that, you know, he can zone it in come playoff time, you know, even though he is a little bit tired and worn down. Yeah. I, I totally agree with the fatigue thing. I've tried to preach that the past like two months, but like, for example, why didn't he rest the Portland game? He was coming off that like bruised hip, from the hard hit in the in the jazz game. Everyone thought he was gonna rest. Perfect spot for it. Weak Portland team. But first night of a back to back, but they didn't rest him. He played. I wonder how much that was him versus the staff. Um, but that would have been a perfect spot to rest him. Then you have him completely fresh off two days rest where he's been fantastic throughout the whole season. On the second night of a back to back that we lost, and then you know, we probably win that game because he's fresh and he actually plays well. So, yeah, it's definitely frustrating with that. And then also, like you guys were saying, the way Jalen's been playing, like he, we have so much help and offense on the team. There's no need for him to be carrying the load to this extent. You know, Jalen's been incredible. And he – this is like we – always, we always talk about Jason being the superstar on this team. But the way Jalen's been playing lately – I feel like he's been the one playing like a superstar a lot more than Tatum in terms of that consistency, in terms of that focus on a nightly basis, 
in terms of his energy, his both defensively and offensively. I just love everything I'm seeing from him. And the big thing is where I think it starts is Jalen settles a lot less for shots than than Tatum. I feel like if you watch Jalen play, it's either going to the rim at will or getting to the spot he loves in the mid-range. He always goes to his spot that he wants to take a shot. He's not settling for threes. He's not taking four step back threes, dribbling up the court with no passes. Like he always like moves the ball or or attacks aggressively, which Tatum lacks. I feel like Tatum doesn't have like as much of a killer instinct as Jalen. And so I've been very happy with Jalen. And 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 so yeah, I just feel like Jalen's been kind of the team's best player the past month as opposed to Tatum. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, I, I was just looking at Jalen's last 10 games, starting back against Brooklyn, mm-hmm. 35, 29 against the Knicks, 32 against Cleveland. He had one kind of weird one against Portland, only 11. But then he was on the road trip. He went 24 against Atlanta, 43 against Houston, 35 against Minnesota, 27 against Portland, 25 against Utah, 27 against Sacramento. thing about him, too, is – He's Great. efficient. I mean, his shooting percentage is pretty insane in all those games. I mean, he he on the road trip, he was he was Above, over 50 yeah. percent in every game except for one. Um, so, wow, pretty, pretty impressive. That's that's good stuff. I, my only gripe ever with Jalen, like he's a really talented individual player. It It always comes down to me, like, can he make others better? Can he facilitate for yeah. others? And. You see it a little bit. I mean, I was looking a little bit at the assists. I mean, you know, I think they're creeping up a little bit. We're starting to see it time yeah. from time to time. I mean, he 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 had five assists against Portland, six against Utah, four against Sacramento. I mean, that's better than he's been for sure. Okay. Um, if he got that part of his game, then I'd agree with you. He's kind of he's elevated himself. That's what Tatum has over him right now. Tatum can create for the entire team. Jalen can can get it for himself and if he can get it for others that would be huge yeah but the um sort of building off that the the utah game i thought was super interesting for for tatum so obviously tatum didn't score in the second half um and if if you kind of go back to the game utah was doubling tatum every single time and he was he was making solid passes but i think that kind of got into his head and he was like okay now I'm not going to look to score. They're doubling me. I'm just going to pass it off to the open man. And I think that mindset was was sort of switched for him, and he couldn't switch it back when we needed a bucket down the stretch. And I think that hurt him a lot, which is kind of an interesting observation. Yeah, totally. I totally get that. And I think it just makes him passive. And this is kind of like what we were saying earlier about him not turn he only turning it on against the good teams and then not against the bad teams. Like I feel like in the playoffs he was getting doubled a lot. Yeah, he still looked to score when he needed to and had that like fierceness and like energy that you would hope from your superstar. And then I feel like in the regular season, especially as of late, he doesn't have that. And I and I feel like and like you said, Bri, like these like this mentality spreads. It's contagious. Other players start to to feed off of that bad energy and then everyone else starts to play like that as well and it's tough and it feels like they're just right now just feels like they're almost just waiting for the regular season to end like they just want to get to the playoffs like that's what they've been waiting for all year and that's why we're just dropping like these 
lazy games and and like that's fine i guess like as long as you're very confident you're going to be able to turn it off in the playoffs but now you just lost the one seed which would have been like really important for the playoffs and i know they're all about like the whole mentality like we'll we'll be whoever we have to beat which is great like i like that but the east is tough this year and like that seeding i feel like matters more than it did last year so yeah man i don't know i i hope it works out but it's it's been frustrating as a fan to watch. Yeah, I think the one piece of Tatum's game too that I I hope you can elevate is the the complaining about calls. I think really gets in his own head, which is the problem, right? Yeah. It does nothing to help. I mean, I say this as so a, as a kid as a kid myself. I I was I was even worse than Tatum. So if you can imagine that. And you know, as you sit back and you reflect, other guy on here, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. I think maybe all well, me and Yagev are certainly that way. But uh, it, I, I learned eventually over time, Yagev. I don't know if you did, but that it gets you it's nowhere. A process. It gets you nowhere, and uh, I, yeah, I do, I do agree. I don't think Tatum gets a fair whistle, but I don't think him kind of every time throwing the hands up is going to get it to change. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a part I, I, it's like, he needs a, he needs like a vet, like, you know, he had a great relationship with Kobe. He needs somebody to kind of help him figure that out. Yeah. Like what should his response be? What should KG. his mindset be? KG, bring KG in. But that, that, that really is a piece that he's got to, he's got to clean up a little bit. Cause I agree. I don't think he gets, the calls that some of these players get, but that could be a little bit because of how he, how he acts. So yeah, his antics. And I feel like you see that, like, I don't want to say it's directly from Tatum, but like Grant Williams does that all the time too. And like, he sees someone else doing it. He's very close with Tatum. Like, I feel like it's not insane, crazy to assume that like he feeds off that a little bit. sees Tatum do it. So it's like, he's going to do it. He's not even near Tatum's level. And he's, bitching about every call it's ridiculous but but yeah I, I i don't like that either and i feel like it slows the game down he, he it slows him down he's not hustling back on defense then it's like five on four we're already at disadvantage so yeah it's all around not, it, it's not ideal the way he, the way so he deals with calls it's interesting because i think so the one player in the league who i think actually does this worse than tatum is luka Doncic, and i think it actually helps him get calls um so it it but it clearly definitely like messes with Tatum does the opposite. So I don't, I don't totally know. And then I also just want to point out that Yegev got a tech in his intramural game two days ago. So he has not learned. Wow. Don't um, be under the bus. His school intramural game. <laughs> Ryan, I was just into the game. Practice nice what you steal. preach. Practice what you preach, my friend. I mean, yeah. I, I got a nice steal. I was all up in my, all up in the guy's face. It was a good friend of mine too. The ref did not like it. Very questionable ref for the whole game. You just gotta bring that. But I feel like I do preach what I teach. I I do do what I preach because I was bringing the energy. You know, I was bringing that. Well, that's energy. what I would say. It, it that part. That's I would like true. that if he the way he responded is I'm gonna attack you even yeah. harder the next yeah. time. Like yeah, okay, you got away with that call that time. I'm gonna attack you. I mean, that's the thing is the way Giannis attacks. 
the way Embiid attacks, they like force the referees to call oh, yeah. it, you know? And I think Tatum is so skilled and so kind of creative. I don't think refs always quite see it. Um, totally. But I, that would be my hope, what his response would be. Yeah. And you, Gav, that's my hope for you too. That's what I want to see next time. He does it. So you guys brought up Kobe and KG. So do you guys see like a veteran scoring wing filling that role like next year that we sign or do you see it as an assistant coach of former player i would I like, like the assistant coach yeah, i would like the sure. coach that's what i was gonna say i would like the coach i don't know how many guys are on the market yeah i know? guess it would be like a washed up wait do you mean of the coaches or of the no for the both. free agent that you would sign like you have yeah, a kevin that's... love but like it's not like that out. great. Yeah, it's got to be someone role. who is a scorer. Like, this is like a crit. Uh, like this no. will never happen. No. I'm not saying it will happen, but like it would be. I wouldn't hate it. I would think it would be so cool. Bring Draymond Green in. Let him sit on the bench. <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of energy you want. It will never happen. It will Draymond never happen. And smart might be too much. <laughs> but nah, I feel like. But Draymond has four championship rings. I don't think you should compare him to Smart. I feel like. Minimum? No, I feel I'm like that would be a cool not, personality. Not players, I'm just saying how they are would be crazy. <laughs> Maybe it will never happen. I do think, yeah, with Joe, all, with Joe, now the head coach, not really having any NBA experience yeah. himself. I don't think, and Damon Sotomayor gone now too. Like, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think there's a there's definitely an opening, and yeah, like a a vet who I want JJ Redick. I'd take him. You know, somebody well, who's been there, done that, that the guys will respect, right. and that can kind of bring that, hey, I know it's a grind. I know the regular season's a grind, you know, right. will we'll help them handle some of this sort of mental stuff that, you know, I think Joe's probably a good X's and O's guy, you know, he, he can do mm-hmm. some of that stuff. But unless you've been somewhere, unless you've done it, it's really hard. I mean, you know, some coaches eventually can figure it out, but it's hard to, to know exactly what players are going through unless you yourself totally. have gone through it. That's why Ime was so great. I feel like he brought both of like both the good coaching ability and that experience, the respect of being a former player who was on good teams with other great players. And that's what we're lacking now, which is frustrating. And we were lacking it before Ime also with Brad and his staff. Like we didn't have that. Um, so yeah, it, it was tough. But what I've been thinking about lately is is sort of like with Joe and the staff being so depleted. And not having a lot of guidance, do you think there's like, do you think that the, it, the players are are sort of like feeling alone and not not having anyone to look to and not having like enough guidance to like because they just have to depend on each other, right? They have to depend on like the other guys that are on the court with them. They're also making mistakes and causing these losses. So it's just like, I feel like this might not even be like how we're playing. I feel like it might be that issue. That ultimately, I I'm slowly day by day losing a little bit of hope that like we're gonna win the title this year because I just feel like it's like the little things that we're missing right now. Like we have the stars, we have the roster, but it's like all those like small nuances that like contribute to having like that that full championship roster and like culture that you need to win. So it's just like I don't know. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens though. So I want to talk a little bit about Jalen's comments lately. I feel like it's a good time to transition over. Um, he's been both with the Ringer article 
and he had another another article uh, another interview i think with the new york times um what the new york times he was talking about um like the boston fans which has been a very common criticism of boston fans not just in the celtics and the nba but also with the red sox fans and beyond that for a very long time um issues of like racism and within the fan base and and the people in general and then there's the ringer article where Jalen talks a lot about sort of he was asked, you know, what's your future with the Celtics? And he was very noncommittal um, about it. And so I guess, are you worried? I mean, the, we'll dive deeper into the ring article in the sec, because there's a lot more than just that, but that's what kind of got publicized the most was kind of what he was saying about his future in Boston, talking a lot about if they want me and if I want them, then we'll see what happens, stuff like that. Do you think the Celtics have shown him that they want him and what more can they do to show him that they want him to be here and, and be like, maybe not a, a number two, even like a one, a, a to, to Tatum being one. Yeah. I'm de- definitely concerning comments. Um, you know, it brought me memories of, of Kyrie talk, which was a little concerning. And like, you know, said he's saying, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, but Kyrie, he always, it was never clear, you know, he always just kind of left you confused. Yeah, like, what did he really say? Um, you know, Jalen's a deep guy. I think Jalen's um, actually very, very smart human being, as opposed yeah. to Kyrie, who tries to sound smart, I feel like, and fails Good at point. it. Good point. Good point. Um, but I do get a little worried about, about Jalen. Um, he, um, hold on. I take over, Matt. I got a little problem. Oh yeah. 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 Um, no, it, it's, it's not great. Oh, hopefully Brad's okay. <laughs> not, not great. Comments calls. Um, I know we'll see what happens. Thomas, probably Thomas acting up. Um, not great comments to hear. Obviously, didn't want to hear it. And bad Bri's timing too. Back. Everything okay, Bry? Oh yeah, you know how Th- it is. Thomas dogs, causing a ruckus. Dogs barking. It wasn't Thomas. I, yeah, I know Matt wants to get that uh. out there that Thomas was barking, <laughs> but no, Thomas was not barking. He's okay. Uh, no, I mean we said Jalen. I've always been worried about Jalen. And here's the thing: Jalen has a reason to kind of uh, question the Celtics, right? I mean, whose name has been in every major yeah. trade we've thought about over the right. last seven or eight years? Like so, that, that yeah. wears on a guy after a while. Is that how much? Yeah. Matt, yeah I think how much say. of that is on the organization versus media in general? And I guess building off that, did the Celtics botch the uh, whole Kevin Durant stuff by not coming out and saying publicly, we're oh. not trading Jalen. It, that's a good question. I I, I just um, I think the I think so. The question is, do you be disingenuous? Because like between us, Celtics were certainly having conversations about Durant, right? So do you come out to and say, oh, we never thought we were never doing that, and be completely lying to his face? I think that's more problematic. I think he'd have a bigger issue with that. Um, you know, should they have done the opposite? Should they have said something to the effect of, hey, it's Kevin Durant. You know, we, you know, we have to explore all possibilities to make our team better. You know, I don't know. Um, But I think he harbors that. And it's always a challenge in these situations, right? It's like, are you, 
you want to find out, right? Hey, would you do it? Would you trade for this? But as soon as you do that and it gets out, you've created a real a real problem. So I think he has all that sort of historical stuff because it wasn't just KD. It was even, you know, it was Paul George. It was Kawhi. Like it was ever, it was all these different yeah. guys over the years. We've mm-hmm. talked about Jalen being traded. That's, so that that's, has an yeah. impact. For sure. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, it's hard to know like what's true and what's not true. Specifically, I'm going to hone in on the Kevin Durant stuff because that's what was spoken actually a lot about in the article. Two points. You were saying that like, did they botch it by not coming out publicly and saying, we're not looking to trade Jalen. So what they did do, which I think actually is more important, I think, than going publicly, they did it privately. So over the summer when they were having, when the first Durant talks were going on, and there was actually, this was actually, I kind of blame Tatum for this. They were posting pictures, Tatum was posting pictures of him working out with Durant the same time that these rumors were going on. And so that definitely, I can totally see why that would fuck with Jalen. But, and so what I'm going to read directly from the article, this is, this is what Jalen said. So he's saying Katie and JT are friends. They were working out together and whatnot. Brown says, so I wasn't sure what the energy was. I wasn't sure what the direction of the organization was puzzled. Brown placed a three-way call to Stevens and Tatum during that discussion. Stevens says he assured Brown that the guard wasn't going anywhere. You just have to have direct conversations. Stephen tells me of the meeting and you just have to be able to say, this is what's real. This is where we are. Obviously, you and Jason are the two guys that we've built the whole roster around, and our every expectation is for us to come and compete together and try to be two games better than we were last year. Brown says once we all got together and kind of talked it through, we all left on the same page, but the actions that was taking place during the time, it just didn't seem like that was the direction that the organization was going in. I don't know. It was hard to tell, at least. So for me, as an outside perspective, you see these things on Instagram. You take action, which I love. He was being very proactive about it. Calls himself Tatum and Stevens. The and they say these things. What did you say? I think looking back, Stevens should have been the one to make right. the call to Jalen as opposed to Jalen having the call. I agree. But yeah, I'll agree with point. that for sure. But I think that if you hear Stevens straight up tell you, like, you're not going anywhere, he explains to you what the ro- roster's built. Why? I don't get why you're still like doubting so much afterwards. And then Jalen will later like go on and talk about more. But then also my second point was during the deadline when the, the Durant stuff was going on again, which I think everyone kind of knew this was less serious. Um, But again, last month, I'm going to redirect it again. Last month when Durant again requested a trade, this was during the deadline Celtics owner wick called Brown to squelch any worry Brown might've had. The nearly endless cycles left some scars. Brown generally doesn't trust easily, and that now extends to his relationship with the Celtics. So Wick that time did, like you said, Matt, you said you said Brad should have called him over the summer. Wick was the one who initiated that call at the deadline, which was great. And I feel like knowing these two stories, you said yes, Stevens should have called, but now like what more what it's more do you want them to do? Like what more it. can the Celtics do? I feel like they they did a lot more than nothing. They really went out of their way to assure him that this was all rumors. Like it's tough. Like was I it see rumors? Where was it from. rumors? Yeah, that that's fair too. Was it? Because it could think... have been simply like, "What do you want for Durant? We can do Jalen plus a little bit." And then they're like, "No, we want all this more." So like, all right, we don't want to do it. Like so that's that... my point. So they they you know if that happened, then Jalen has a reason to distrust the organization. 
Right. That's that's true. Steven for seems sure. like he's the type of guy to be honest about that too. Yeah. And say exactly. Yes, which is maybe dumb, but what? What are you making so, that face for? Okay, Stevens was honest. Okay, so Stevens I could would see be Stevens honest. being honest to Jalen as say, opposed we, to we some... explored it, but we're you know you're not. I mean, going here's anywhere. the deal. Kevin Durant is one of the top. I don't know. Five players in my lifetime. I I don't know. Put put some number on it. I mean, it's a it should <laughs> part of it. It should be an honor alive, to be. Bro. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Tell the watching watching games. I mean, part of it should be like flattering, right? That 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 the only person you consider me for is Kevin Durant. But True. you know, NBA True. players, you know, they're good because they all have egos, right? And you when. Yeah, when to be good, you you do. And so I think it's going to hang with him. And the question really is, I think, you know, we may we may get into this a little bit, but the question is like is is the money just that much more with Boston than it is with somebody else that he right. he says, "All right, I'm I'm going to go for it." Um I I often wonder and I don't I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. What do you think his feeling is about end of game situations and him getting the ball? What do you think is his feelings about Tatum sort of the alpha and he's, you know, he or Batman and Robin, whatever. What what is because that's probably the bigger issue than the trade rumors. You know, if he was happy with stuff, otherwise, I wouldn't worry even with the trade rumors. What I would worry about is if he's not happy with the kind of day to day and where he stands and how he's looked at around the league as as a as a number two. I don't know. Yeah, uh, definitely a good point. Uh, I think that is also the bigger issue. But the problem is like he's not a, a number one option on a championship team. So like I don't totally know what he's expecting. And Tatum's clearly better, but he probably thinks Jaylen. he is. But yeah, I guess Jalen is like that's a good point. Um I saw a stat where Tatum has taken eight eight shots in the last ten seconds of of close games in I think close is, is two or less this year. Or it might be five or less. And Tatum has taken five. I mean and Brown has taken five. So obviously Tatum is more, but it's not that still, big of a difference. Not, it's not a huge difference. And I so I, I think I think in the games where Jalen is clearly playing better, like we should be going to Jalen, like the the Utah game, like they drew up. It, the play was supposed to be for Tatum, the inbounded to Grant. It was supposed to be a handoff. <laughs> but but like that should have been to Jalen. Like like there he had forty something points that game. I think right. He he was by far the best player on the court. Tatum was playing awful. Yeah, you still drop a play for Tatum, like. So remember this doing? happened a couple of weeks ago against Philly, Tatum not having a game. You go to Tatum, he hits a game winner. So like sometimes you try play, to catch, catch the defense off off guard by going to someone else. I don't yeah. know. But you are right. That's I was not, also during the Philly great. game at I, I was telling you we should go to Jalen also. Yeah. I know it worked out, but like I think now Brian, I'm gonna answer your question because we kind of glossed over it. Yeah, I <laughs> I think Oh, he's on a record for saying the only thing he cares about is winning. So I think at the end of the day, Tatum? he doesn't care who goes to if we win, like if the shot goes in. If it doesn't go in, I'm sure he's like, well, I would have made it. Like I should have gotten it, especially on the nights where he's by far the best player. So 
I think that it definitely definitely affects him. I'm not gonna. It, it would be naive to say he doesn't care at all. So definitely, I think for sure impacts him in some way. And and I, he's even had comments where he's been like, like you can go to other teams and be like the best player or the number one option, etc. But like you don't have like that winning culture. And like right now we're here, me and Jason are only focused on just winning, and like that's all we care about. So in that sense, I feel like he is saying the right things, and it's like it makes me optimistic. But so yeah, like I, I don't know. We'll see. I feel like so. This is my hypothesis. I think us like wanting him, well, or trusting him, or whatever he wants to call it. I think it's going to come down to will we be willing to pay him more this summer than Tatum is making? I feel like that's going to be a big influence on him if he's going to be making more than Tatum. Like if his contract's going to be bigger, regardless if it's the supermax. Obviously, the supermax will be making more. But I think if we agree to a contract without the, the Super Celtics Max. The Celtics the max, dude, I think, no matter yeah. what. The max they so can go, which, I think should, that, which will be higher than Tatum. It will be yeah. higher than Tatum. So I think, personally, I think that will be enough to get it done because that's already being like, like, oh, Tatum might be a superstar, but clearly you care enough for – you matter enough more to this team that we're willing to pay you more than our superstars making. Like, stay. We want you here. You know, but I think if we even try to negotiate, it might be – it might be very dangerous to do that. I think you just have to be a, like outright. We'll give you as much money as we can give. Yeah, full max for sure. I I thought he was up next summer, not this summer. Yeah, it's next. Yeah. But you can next start summer to extend them. You yeah, can extend them if he makes the All NBA team. You can extend him. I think okay. for the super max, they can extend him uh, at the end of the season, even if he doesn't. But oh, he like eighty million a ton less. of money though. Yeah, like he can sign for more the following summer with us, as opposed to resigning early. So he wouldn't, but. Yeah, but yeah, the supermax thing is is true. So I it's a little like the Kyrie thing because you know Kyrie was under the shadow of LeBron. He thought he was the number one. He came to us and realized, ooh, this number one stuff's hard. It's not not so easy to carry a team. I worry a little bit about Jalen on that. And then the only piece, you know, Kyrie had had a championship, right? So he had kind of taken care of that piece. You know, uh, Jalen doesn't. Right. Who knows what will happen this year? We can keep our fingers crossed. But would he want to go out and sort of start sort of his own team and, you know, have that where he's going to have to try to find a way to get that championship? You know, you said winning is so important to him. If that's the case, you're not getting a better situation than you and Tatum. You got Derek White for more years. You got, I mean, you got a lot of talent, right? The only, the only issue the Celtics are going to have to address is the sort of big, strong, power, forwardy kind of position, right? As Horford gets old, but otherwise, yeah, you have so many options between White, Brogdon, Smart, Tatum, Brown. I mean, those five give you a tremendous like nucleus to to kind of build around. So. Oh, think about this right now, off the top of my head. I think w- this is worst case scenario in terms of keeping Jalen Brown. I think him missing the All NBA team and us winning a title this year Ooh. might be worst case winning scenario be, for us keeping him. Bad thing. I think if what, we win like, the title this won, year, I don't have to. I won. I, did that. I have this experience now. I can go be an alpha dog somewhere else. But I think. Best case scenario, low key for keeping Jalen is him making all NBA and us missing out again on a title. So he has a sense of like, we have unfinished business here in Boston and I can get this boatload more money staying here than going elsewhere. I'm going to stay. Now, given those two options, 
One is with a, win the championship, one is without. I feel like as a Celtics fan, you still have to go. I'm winning. Yeah. I want to win the championship no yeah. matter what, even if win it means losing Jalen. What so, do you guys think are the odds of him getting all NBA? That's a that's an interesting question. Based on his play this year, where would you guys kind of rank him? So I'll just chime in first. So I, I think there are four locks. I mean, we can do you want to talk about the whole forward guard thing you get real quickly? Quick? So they're the all NBA teams are by position. So there's two guards, two forwards, and a center on each team. And a player can only qualify for one position. So Jalen's either going to qualify as a guard or a forward. Typically, when everyone's healthy, Jalen is a two guard. But given the amount of injuries we've had this year, Jalen's played a significant amount of minutes. I don't have the exact number, but frequently he's in the game with Smart and White or White and Brogdon or Brogdon and Smart. So he's playing that forward, that three position a lot. Okay, so ultimately what Matt Matt's about to talk about is the guard position is loaded while the forward position is significantly less loaded. So it's really going to come down to if he's qualified classified as a guard or a forward. I think if he if he's a forward, he has a pretty good shot at making it. But if he's a guard, I would say it's slim to none. So based off the names, you guys will see you'll see why. Boom, boom, boom. So before getting to the players, real quick, uh basketball reference does a sort of position estimate metric and they have uh Jalen playing forward 60% of the time mm. shooting guard 40% of the time so kind of that's good facts he gives he gives statement right there so I I kind of went through the names first and I have four forwards who are clearly ahead of Jalen um we're let's let's attack this combo right now like he would be listed as a forward because as mm-hmm. you said guard he probably has no chance so forward I got Giannis and Tatum first team locks um which is a, as close to a lock as you can you can get right now and then second team Lori Markinen I think would have it it's gotta be a spot and then I mean look Bry's making a, a face right now but <laughs> he was an all-star starter he didn't win most improved he, he just beat us with Utah he averages 26 9 and 2 on 50 40 87 like i know his defense probably leaves a little bit oh he's almost 50 40 90 that's nuts yeah it's freaking insane um seven footer he was playing some small forward against us last week that's it's just it's nuts what he does um so i think he's on there and then there are two other names who could potentially be above jalen i'm not sure jimmy butler julius randall yeah this is so this is tough because both Jalen, Jimmy, and Randall the past month have been playing yeah. incredible. Like, very, very good. Randall like, Randall stepped it up. He just had 57 a few games ago. Jimmy's been hauling the heat on his back, like, trying to salvage the season somehow, playing like Jimmy does, out of his mind. And then we talked about Jalen the previous segment that we were, we were discussing his play the last month and on the road trip specifically. He's been like the most consistent player on the Celtics when he's playing next to Jason Tatum. So like he's been playing pretty damn well as two. So like I feel like it's going to come down to who can keep it up the last two and a half weeks because Matt was t- talking to me about this earlier. Recency bias I feel like plays a huge part into the voting. So we'll see, but that leaves still one. So that'll be between the three of them to fill out the last three spots. That was something Matt. real quick. Do you guys? Do you guys think? Um... Do KD, Kawhi, LeBron have no shot because of games missed? Because yeah. they've when they've played, I think they've been playing at a higher level than Jalen. No disrespect to Jalen. 
Daddy thinks think, that knocks him. Yeah, debatable. and Anthony Anthony Davis Anthony too. Davis right? He'd be another one. Add to it. Yeah, that, I was going to ask you guys the same thing. I mean, I, as you're talking here, the door is wide open for Brown, and I'd have to say, based on everything you said, I, I if those good players who've been injured don't sneak into the mix at all, I'm I, I'm ready to bet Jalen's at least the top 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 uh three teams for forward he definitely he's in that he's in the top six players for sure i don't think lebron durant specifically lebron's done for the regular season like oh it's almost for sure especially after how he tweeted out that the reports have been playing the last week of the regular season isn't true durant's out almost for sure for the regular season you said Kawhi's only played like 44 games so far this year with like 10 left they'll all end with ridiculous like if any of them make it, that's that's just like a damn shame because none of them have played enough. And I think this is a big thing why, um, in like the new CBA um, negotiations, they're they're trying to put in some sort of minimum amount of games played for the awards, and hopefully it carries over for yeah for the All NBA as well. I think it's really important. I also think All NBA should not, especially since there are oh, all these yeah. kind of things that go in to all nba like it's by position it's not just the five best players and the five best players and the five best players right i do not think it should affect contract at the level mm. it does i think it or make it positionless like 40 and then, more million because yeah. of it. that's a sh- ton of money i think it should it's fine affecting the contracts if it's positionless yeah that's, i feel like with the positions fair. it screws it and then it really limits it really like screws players out of the out of the running for it, even if they're playing better than like a center or forward, they can't make it. So it's just like, like SGA might like, I think between SGA, jaw, I think jaw Fox Mitchell might be border. Jaw Fox. No, I think, I don't know. I think Mitchell might be first team. Oh, Luca. Luca is the first team. Yeah. Luca. And then SGA. SGA. You think? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give you guys his numbers real quick. So 31.4 points, five five rebounds, six assists, SGA. I think he's – the problem with Steph is is he's missed some games, right? Yeah, a, he's a in A ton hurt. of games, actually. Yeah, like you think the voters think about, like, missing games due to injury versus, like, load management, if it affects anything? I feel like – all like else equal, like they'll probably choosing. dock someone more for load management. Yeah, they should. Yeah, that's what, that's what I think too. But then you also have like Brunson, um, Dame, Jaw. Like, who knows what's gonna happen with Jaw? You have Drew Holiday, who's been playing in- insanely well. Like, I feel like Fox has a ton of hype. He should be like in the conversation at least a little bit. Like, this is why I feel like, like, the positions just screw everything yeah, up. It's tough. Same thing goes for the All Star. Um, so we were talking about this all NBA stuff because if if Jalen makes all NBA, we can pay him a lot more. It's a, a really good avenue to get him to stay. Say he doesn't make it, he makes it very clear to the organization he wants to leave. We kind of have to trade him this summer, right? You gotta get something. Maybe not this summer, maybe by the deadline, but I feel like you want to go into the season not having to trade your second best player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't want to trade your second best player in the middle of the season. So, Matt and I were talking about this, though. Like, there isn't – because you're not trading Jalen for, like, young players and picks, right? So, how many, like, feasible options are there really 
for you to trade? Like, what players can you really trade Jalen for that will come in and maintain like our 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 status as like top contenders? You know, so like the main person we came up with was Kawhi. If the whole Clippers thing goes to shit, but like beyond Kawhi or like Paul George, we said also Paul George, and then like maybe another one in their wings. I don't know, but like other than the Clippers guys, like who else? Damian Lillard, we maybe even trained for Damian. Yeah, we brought. I brought that up with you guys yesterday. Probably. It's just Lillard's old, and so like we old. have a ton of guards already in there. And we've never been good with a star point guard. They're big and they can defend. We haven't been good with a star point guard. I think I. I was sort of saying this yesterday to you, Gab, but I think you have to go for a wing, and you have to just get the best wing yeah. you can if <laughs> if push comes to shove. Could you get bridges? I mean, I don't know what the rules are about guys getting traded multiple yeah, times yeah. like that. But that's do you want him for Jalen? Like, you, it would be bridges and more, but like, I, I'm a bridges fan. Young. I mean, you know, you one of the things when I watch Jalen, what's that? You yeah, want you'd face him? Yeah, you'd face him. True, but uh, I, I guess I, I'm I'm not convinced I would trade him this summer. Uh, I what think if he says. I guess so he'd have to say he'd have to say weird. and he yeah. would yeah because well, he wants to keep his Why leverage would he do so that? yeah exactly. so i think if you have inside scoops that you know he's going fine but like i i think it's unclear so yeah. i think i would try to create an environment that he'd be happy in like i, I don't know if that's a, a certain coach I don't, I don't know if that's certain uh bench players like you know create whatever he needs to kind of feel like this might be the right place for him and I think you ride it out another year. Um, and you just hope. And, and you hope. and Because I think what always happens anyway, it'd be sign and trade with somebody down the line anyway. Yeah, like it's it's it. so rare that a guy, that anyone has cap room to handle a max yeah. contract. And it's a place the guy would remotely want to go. Yeah, so I, go I, I think I would keep him no matter what. And you do a sign and trade if he's pretty much adamant he doesn't want to be with us. And we were saying like the free agents in 2023 are like garbage and i think 2024 i think paul george and Kawhi are up after they stand year. to be a lot better i'm gonna pull it up yeah lebron paul george Kawhi, clay thompson anthony davis <laughs> send lebron tobias harris Chris Middleton. <laughs> let's get him and brownie <laughs> james harden siakam drew holiday porzingis there's a lot of good guys jalen so something interesting um and he, you were just talking about coaching, was on Bill Simmons' podcast I was listening to yesterday, he brought up that, and this goes against like some reports that you've told me in the past, I think he gave, that Jalen really liked Doka and liked playing for him. And the whole process this summer was kind of tough for Jalen, like losing Udoka um, and having having that whole coaching change. But I feel like stuff came out where like, Udoka and a player were having a rift and there were like a bunch of clues that made it seem like uh, that player was Jalen. So I thought that was yeah. interesting. Do you remember I that think yet? I'm pretty sure on a different episode of the pod, I, I was saying how a coach like Missoula is actually better for Jalen because I don't think he can handle the like the public criticism that Udoka was like dishing out. And I think that was better for Tatum because like Tatum is more like self-aware, I feel like. Um, but I definitely did hear about that. I, I agree. So that's why I was I was thinking like maybe having Missoula as the coach was like good for for Jalen because 
he had issues with Udoka. Um, but then at the same time, even in the Ringer article, like he Udoka came up a lot and he was saying how like like it was emphasized how Jalen was one of the people who vouched for Udoka and asked and advocated for them to bring him in. And then they he was saying like um so yeah, he was talking about I hope Ime is doing well. I haven't talked to him, but I hope he gets another chance coaching again. There were some conflictions on the information that was kind of going around and stuff like that that has put some dirt on his name. It's a lot. It's very nuanced. So whether you stood on his on this side or this side, they were going to find wrong from a coach that I that I advocated to bring here to Boston. I wanted to see him back on his feet here, no matter what it was. I don't think that's the wrong feeling. But any lingering feelings of resentment over Udoka's dismissal subsided just a few days into the tenure of Joe Mazzulla. He helped me the most by trusting me right off the bat, Mazzulla tells me. Um, he didn't have to do that. And so his open-mindedness to say, hey, I trust you. We'll see what we can do here. Allow me to be myself and allow me to coach him. So I'm grateful for that. So, like, based on what he said about Udoka, like, I did definitely hear the reports about, like, the conflicts. But the, he was saying, like, good things. It seemed like he was, like, he even said, like, he wished Udoka came back. So, like, I don't know how bad it was. But Here's my feeling about Udoka for all these guys. When you think back on the season and and what he helped you to accomplish, I think you have positive thoughts about him. I think throughout it, it's hard, right? When you're getting – he's riding you. He's mm. riding you. And, you know, the question is how long can guys tolerate that, right? right. I mean, it, 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 it. when does he lose his – would he change? Would Yudoka change now that the players had kind of become a little bit more mentally tough and what have you? Or right. is that just his persona? And would he keep riding them, riding, riding them? So I think it's everyone's always after the fact, everyone's always so like, you know, speak so glowingly about experiences. But whether during the day to day, Jalen was loving it or not is a big question. Even Tatum. Right. I mean, was Tatum? I mean, if you remember that team in December, it looked like they were miserable. They, they yeah, hated broken. coming to the to the season. So was I think obviously winning cures all. And I think the end of that run, obviously everyone and you know speaks positively about it. But um I think that um I think the coaching change is okay. I just think, like I said, I just want to create the environment that that Jalen would feel good about, like where he'd be happy to to be yeah. here. Um you know, if you have to make some, I don't know, concessions in sort of him and Tatum and how Tatum's role or what have you, I think you got to explore that a little because the challenge about a trade is you're either trading for an old kind yeah, of, it would be like the I don't want to say washed the... up version of no. Jalen or you're going super young the other way. And it's mm -hmm. like Jalen's on the timeline, right? Right. That, that we want. It's perfect. And so... I think you got to find a way to to keep them around and and maybe you got to let, you know, stop talking to anybody about trades. I mean, I don't think yeah. there's anyone other than Durant anymore that we would have. And, and yeah. I think that's over now. Right. I can't think of one player yeah. that exactly. we would trade him for at this point in time. Exactly. Who's, on the, who's on the market or potentially going to be on the market. Yeah. The bridge. That's why the bridges idea wasn't, wasn't like, too bad because then he's at least still fits the timeline and he's like been proving himself lately. He's just a level below Jalen. Yeah, now. exactly. But I don't know. He's taking an another step right now with the Nets. Like he's been playing really well and I feel like he still has a lot of room to like yeah. grow into 
a similar role to Jalen's. I feel like Jalen was in the same spot like a like a season or two ago. Two years ago or something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Cross those fingers. Yo. Big stretch. Um, I I just I, I think I'm excited to see if the team can finish two. I think that it's possible with um with Philly's schedule. I think we could get two. And what we're watching is Miami's jumping up above Brooklyn. Brooklyn slides to the seven. That that's my ideal matchup. That's ideal. Is facing, I agree. Is facing Brooklyn. We're number two. Then we get Philly at home. You know, and the Buck series would be same thing as last tough. year, right? Yeah, same as last year. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think so. I'm optimistic. Like I That'd think we can do well enough over this last what is it nine games to to pull out the two yeah. seed. Um, we had a great go loss like... by. By the Bulls or the Bulls beating yeah, Philly the other day was, was huge. Yeah. You know. Philly's schedule is tough too. I think we, we can't go worse than like seven and two. <laughs> Unless so Brooklyn's beating Cleveland by ten right now. I think they're tied with the Heat in the six seven. I'd be shocked if the Nets don't drop below them. Like would we say that's almost a foregone conclusion? Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Okay. So then, yeah. So then get get the two. So what if the Nets stay at six, Heat are at seven, we have the opportunity to win or lose the last game of the season. <laughs> Do we tank it to play Brooklyn in the first round? Even Knowing this team and what they did last year, I think we, we win it. Like we play to win it. Yeah. Brian, would you tank it or would you win it? Make it never five. ends well when teams try to like run away from That's other teams. Fair. I'm old school. Old school would say you gotta you come yeah. to win every game you can win. Exactly. So, and to be honest, I might pay for it. You know, like maybe the smarter thing would be to tank and to get that. But I just it's just not <sighs> my DNA. How much of a disaster is it if we lose in the first round? <laughs> I don't yeah. see that happening. I, I I just think the point for me about Brooklyn versus Miami <laughs> is just the grind of it. Like I right. think well, I think yeah. the toll Miami hasn't really been seven. too challenging for us this year. But it would just be harder. And Brooklyn, you know, we saw in that first half when we played Brooklyn, the new Brooklyn. I just don't think they have enough like size to handle us. I mean, we were just pounding yeah. the lane. We were destroying them. And so yeah. I just think when we're zoned in, I don't see a way Brooklyn gives us, you know, more than five games. Whereas Miami, it could, you know, it just could be a grind. And that's not I'm what also, you want. You want my you want Philly to have that grind and not us. Yeah. I'm also just worried about Spolstra coaching circles around Joe. And I feel like coaching is a lot more of a factor in the playoffs than like in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But that that worries me, especially with how Joe's been performing as of late. But um but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think I think we're gonna wrap it up here. But uh, Brad, thanks for coming on. Great discussion today. It was really, really, really good time. Um, and so, yeah, we'll be back uh, sh- soon for another episode. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Peace.